Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, July 16th. I'm Wayne Pratt. George Floyd's killing by a Minneapolis police officer touched off protests at familiar St. Louis locations. But there were marches in new places, too. It's different watching something on TV versus having a protest at your local grocery stores or infiltrating your street. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman tells us about the expanding geography of anti-racism protests. That's in just a few minutes. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has called a special legislative session on violent crime. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports, it will begin July 27th. Parson said St. Louis's homicides increased by 31 percent this year. Kansas City has increased by 35 percent. And aggravated assaults with a firearm in St. Louis County are up 19 percent. But he says it's not an urban problem, it's a Missouri problem. And it can't wait to be addressed until next session. I think, one, most of the things we're talking about here, most everybody is on board with it. It's a nonpartisan agenda, and I think it's important to get that done. Removing residency requirements for St. Louis police officers, unlawful transfer of weapons, and endangering the welfare of a child will be among topics discussed. Democrats and Republicans in the legislature are asking the governor to also include police reform. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. The top candidates for Missouri governor are stocking up funds for a potentially competitive November election. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on the latest fundraising numbers for Governor Mike Parson and state auditor Nicole Galloway. Galloway's campaign committee took in about $1.1 million between April and June, compared to about $481,000 for Parson. But the candidate committees only tell part of the story, since Missouri's campaign finance system allows allies of candidates to set up PACs that can take donations of unlimited size. A Parson-aligned PAC took in $1.6 million for the quarter ending on June 30th, while a PAC helping Galloway took in about $700,000. When adding up the numbers, the Parson committees have a combined $6.7 million in the bank, while the Galloway committees have roughly $3.15 million of cash on hand. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Patients in the St. Louis region are waiting for weeks to receive coronavirus test results. Health officials say labs do not have the capacity to keep up. Affinia Healthcare Chief Operating Officer Dr. Kendra Holmes says the delay puts the public at risk. She says once people know they have tested positive, they can isolate for two weeks and contact others who may have been exposed. And waiting 14 days really doesn't, you know, it doesn't help us know who has the virus, who's spreading it. So the sooner we can get those results back, the better to help everyone stay safe. Holmes says rapid testing is crucial because many people spread the virus before they start to feel sick. Illinois' governor has a new plan to address a resurgence in coronavirus cases. J.B. Pritzker says the state is doing well combating the virus thanks to increased testing and expanded contact tracing. This virus has not gone away. It's still infecting people, and it will likely continue doing that for months to come. Illinois' ability to manage COVID-19 looks a whole lot better than it did at the beginning. 
Pritzker says, though, he will put more restrictions in place if trends indicate a potential problem. After a Minneapolis police officer killed George Floyd in May, protests against police brutality popped up in familiar places throughout the St. Louis region. Marchers also took to the streets in new locations, including multiple times in St. Charles County. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman examines the expanding geography of protests and what it might mean for change. 18-year-old Ryan Staples found himself watching the news a lot in the days after Floyd's death, and he was bothered by what he heard. You know, protesters being called thugs, protesters being called rioters and looters. Staples was a leader during his four years at Fort Zumwalt West High School in O'Fallon, Missouri. He was a captain of the school's track and cross-country teams and president of Cultures in Action. So I kind of just, you know, decided I'm going to put a protest together to show that, one, there is real change. And two, that it's not a police versus black person thing. It's, you know, an injustice versus humanity thing. Staples and his friends were expecting maybe 300 people to show up. Instead, they got about 2,000, as 17-year-old co-organizer Jalen Thompson recounted on St. Louis on the Air. We stopped in front of the police station to have our little talks. We all talked about things. And as you turned around and looked down the street from where we had turned, you you still saw more and more people coming. The turnout in O'Fallon inspired three recent graduates of Fort Zumwalt South High School to organize their own protest in neighboring St. Peter's. 19-year-old Caleb Roussard says she wanted residents to understand that racism exists in their small town. It doesn't have to be you calling somebody the M-word or, you know, shooting them with a fire hose. It, it can be very subtle and mean a lot to the person that you're talking to. Floyd's death was far from the first of a black man at the hands of police. But others, including Michael Brown's in 2014, failed to spark widespread mass action in places like St. Charles County. While the county is still 90 percent white, it got more diverse between 2010 and 2019. But Tyree Thomas, who grew up in St. Peter's and graduated in June from Missouri State University, says the video of Floyd's death was a more important motivator in the current protests. You could have organized a protest, but it wouldn't have been anything like we've been experiencing, just mainly because of the skepticism around, you know, what really went down that day with Michael Brown. Um, Back then, people were still kind of uh, masking their uh, true feelings when it comes to police brutality. Organizing marches in cities where they aren't common is important, says Candace Eidelberg. She's a sociology professor and the director of the Social Justice Institute at Harris-Stowe State University. It's different watching something on TV versus having a protest at your local grocery stores or infiltrating your street. But she says white supporters who are motivated to join the protests need to understand that while marching is good, it's just a first step. What we know about a lot of our white allies in a systemic racist system is that they are offered a lot of the seats that we'll never be able to sit at. And they see a lot of the things that we would never be able to see. Those conversations don't have to be big panels at the national level, Eidelbert says. In fact, it's better to start local. The young St. Charles organizers seem to have reached the same conclusion. While the protests have slowed down, they are meeting with elected officials, political candidates, and educators. Staples, who helped plan the O'Fallon protest, is excited to be able to vote. We got to vote for people who are going to put policy in to save Black people from this cycle of of systemic racism. 
start defunding the police, you know, and educate young black youth. Don't make education about property taxes. Policy change is hard work, Eidelberg says, but the aftermath of policy change is often harder. This will be getting tougher. Even reform efforts are going to take constant surveillance. We cannot forget that. Just changing a policy, she says, cannot erase centuries of racism. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.